On today's show, we have a very special guest, one Mr. James Leitner. We're going to be talking about your business operating system. What platform are you on? Welcome to Cracking the Code, the show that helps you overcome the challenges you face every day in contracting and keeps you on the cutting edge of emerging trends and best practices. Now, before we get started with today's content, I want to share a quick video about the unfiltered live breakout session at Epic 2020. Let's roll the clip. Hey guys, uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about Epic coming up this fall. We're expecting 1,200 people this year after 800 last year. How awesome is that? Fantastic. That's going to be amazing energy. Yeah, at the Aria. Oh yeah. And uh, one of the things I'm most excited about is we're going to do some of these events live at, uh, at Epic. Uh, no cigars, because we're going to be indoors, of course. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about that, what people can expect to have this conversation with them in the room. One of the, uh, I think, great opportunities, maybe have some people send in some comments, you know, from this discussion and uh, post, you know, what they would like to hear us uh, actually riff about. And yeah. uh, that would be awesome. Yeah, I think that'd be fantastic. If they, if they tell us what they want to hear, I mean, not only are we going to be talking about their topics, but we're going to be feeding off the energy in that room. Yeah. As you say, it's going to be electric with 1,200, 12, maybe 1,500 yeah. people. Well, we won't have uh, just Andy to laugh at our jokes. We'll have a whole room <laughs> to laugh at our stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be nice. So uh, uh, at the Aria, Epic. Yep. We're going to do, I think, three or four of these, something like that, as a breakout session. Uh, hopefully get a lot of our folks to show up and, and uh, as you mentioned, submit in comments in this video what they'd like to see us talk about. Because we're here, we're talking about what we think is important. And obviously that really is important because we thought it would be. <laughs> just kidding. But we want to hear from the audience about what they think is important, what they want to hear uh, from, from you guys, what's, uh, and what's really going on. No, I agree. I, I think it'll be amazing to have the energy of the room and uh, the energy of Vegas. And, uh, you know, it'll be unfiltered epic or it'll epic, epic unfiltered. You know, think about it. Last year we had 800 people there. This year, 1,200. That's 50%. I'll do the math real quick. It's 50% increase in participation. So uh, that's going to be really cool. We're going to have a great time. So guys, uh, if people want to register for Epic this year, if they haven't already, uh, where, where do they go? Where does the sign up on this thing? They need to go to epic2020event.com. Okay. Make sure that we get everybody to understand that they need to sign up quickly because last year we had about 800 slots and a lot of people didn't get to come because it filled up. And so we want to make sure that everybody reacts quickly. So good advice. Sign up early at epic2020event.com. Awesome, Be there. Guys. I'll see you there. See you there. We're going to need some more scotch. Just in time. Now, I hope that gives you a little bit of a feel for what Epic 2020 is really all about. Make sure you get signed up ASAP because, as usual, it will sell out. So go to epic2020event.com and get yourself registered. Well, today we have with us, as I mentioned, one Mr. James Leitner. How are you, James? Thank you. Hi. Uh, good to see you, my friend. Uh, you know, James has been in the industry for a long time in virtually every kind of role, from service technician to owner. Uh, you've got an accounting background, a business software programming background. You've pretty much done it all. So I wanted to have you on the show today to talk about a couple of things. Number one, I want to talk to you about your experience in the industry because James does a ton of consulting as well for clients across the country. But one of his specialties is using a business operating system, a business operating platform 
to run your company, from accounting to dispatch. And I will tell you, one of the, the questions I get most often when I'm working with clients, what do you recommend for dispatching, you know, for accounting in terms of an operating system? And uh, you've got a lot of knowledge in that space, I know. And we're going to talk about that today as well. Uh, I know that you own a company called Aptora, which has developed a program uh, specifically for contractors. But before we talk about the platform, let's talk about you, James Leitner. Tell us about your background, how you got in the industry, and kind of your experience. And, and, uh, and I want to talk to you about what are some of the most important things that you help contractors work on in your consulting business. Okay, yeah. So the way I got into the industry is probably fairly traditional with a with a twist. Um, when I graduated from high school, I graduated with like a 1.7 GPA. Mm. And uh, my counselor told me, you ought to consider a career in the military or maybe a trade school right. like HVAC. So I guess that's where the HVAC people happened. go, right? You right. Know, 1.7 GPA. All those dummies. Uh -huh. Yeah. So I thought, HVAC, yeah, that sounds good. Plumbing, electrical. So I got a, I got a job as a helper through a welfare program called the Job Training Partnership Act. Mm. And the government paid half my wage, the employer paid half my wage for an apprenticeship. Yep. And as long as I did a good job and didn't get fired, I could go through the apprenticeship and become a master mechanic. That's what I did. So I became a master mechanic through welfare. Wow. So I'm a product of welfare. And yeah. I can tell you the government has gotten their money back and then some. <laughs> Many times over in taxes. So that's hey, how I, I got. I kind of got, got in the business the same way. I was living in a shelter, as you know, and uh, knocking on doors one day and got a job selling air conditioners. So yeah. uh, it's, it's been a great industry for both of us and provided both of us with a, a lot of opportunity in life. Uh, so you did that for a while. You worked as a service technician. Eventually opened your own company. That's right. Talk to that's us right. about that. Yeah, I became, so I became self-employed. And like a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people, I had no business being self-employed. I didn't know what I was doing. I was the, the unmarked truck with no insurance, had a license but no insurance, <laughs> unmarked truck, didn't know why you'd bother with that, didn't have uniforms, and you know, I thought the low price got the job and all of that. And uh, the first class I ever took was um, Doc Rusk. I don't know if that name sounds familiar. Some of the older people remember Doc Rusk. That was the first business seminar I ever took, and it was a game changer. Wow. It was just a one-day class, if I remember. I could have been two, but it, it really changed how I thought about the business. And I became, I, 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 what I learned is it's a business. It wasn't a technician running calls. It wasn't like you owned your own job. It was a business, and it needed to be treated like a business, and it really changed my thinking. And uh, so it was the Doc Rust seminar that really got me interested in treating the business like a business. And from that point forward, we started building operations and procedures and guidelines and ran our company with checklists. And, you know, we really got our act together after that. Yeah. Yeah. And eventually that will lead you into understanding how important a business operating system is uh, to manage inventory and uh, accounting, the financials, and the dispatching, and the sales, and you know, sales performance, and service technician performance, that type of thing. Tell us a little bit about how you started getting into the programming, which eventually would lead to Aptora. Yeah, so when you, when you talked about the business operating system, I glanced over at my laptop, and I thought, well, this computer has an operating system. Yep. And without that operating system, nothing else would work. It's the framework of everything that runs on that computer. So a business needs that same operating system. It starts with a good policy manual. 
a rule book. What time do you show up to work? Right. If you want time off, how do you do that? So all of us start with a good policy manual. Then after that, you start with job descriptions and then tool lists and so forth. That becomes your operating system. So we realized, especially after studying the book, the E-Myth mm -hmm. classic, yep. we realized we needed the operating system. We weren't calling it that. We weren't calling back it back days. then. Right. But we needed that operating system. It then became clear to me that we needed software to run our business. And we were using back then Peachtree DOS. We eventually went to Peachtree Windows, switched over to QuickBooks. We decided it was time to build our own software program. Mm. We were already building a software program called Flatrate Plus. Many people out there, I'm sure, have used it. We've sold literally 10,000 plus wow. programs. We thought, oh, would it be easy to build? An accounting program. It wasn't, but we thought it was going to be right. easy. So we started constructing what is now called Total Office Manager, and that became Aptora, gotcha. the software company, eventually. So gotcha. we turned it into a business. So big picture, before we get into the details, because I know you want to demo the platform for us uh, and, and show us how it can help us run our companies, uh, be more profitable, be more productive, and all those different types of things. But from the big picture, when you're working with, with, with contractors as a business consultant or with, uh, you know, with the business operating system, what are some of the reasons that contractors need to get away from pen and paper and they need to go to the software to keep track of things? You had mentioned earlier in the discussion we had about having one kind of exclusive database that everybody's using the same information versus pulling different systems together. What are some of the most important things to consider? First, why is it important to have any system and then secondly, you know, what are, what are some of the most important advantages, for example, of your system that helps people run their companies? So when I was a service technician and I really learned the art of diagnostics, what I discovered is the job was easy when you knew what you were doing. The job was easy as a service technician when you had good tools and those tools gave you information and you knew how to process that information. So for example, you have head pressure and you have suction pressure and you have enthalpy and temperature and you're measuring standing voltage and running voltage and amperage and you have delta T and you know what all that means. It's really easy to say this system has air, this system has moisture in it. I need to evacuate this system and recharge it and all of a sudden it starts working properly. All of that is easy and you can do that with confidence if you have the data and you can process the data. Right. And many people watching this are, are technicians and they're saying, yeah, I can do all that. Right. Well, I'm saying you can do that with a business. So when some seminar dude like you or me says, oh, you have to charge 150 an hour or you have to double the price of this, or you have to get this much money for whatever. If you believe them, it's easier to go implement that in your company. But how do you believe them? What if you had software that demonstrated that you have to charge $150 for a widget? Right. Well, if it says so when you believe it, then you'll do it. Just like evacuating that right. system and recharging it with clean refrigerant you did that because you had total confidence that that's what had to be done. Yeah. What if software told you that? So somebody could come to you, for example, and say, I want to raise. You can either give it to them or not, right?
But what if you looked at the screen and said, well, Weldon, let me think about that. And it said, Weldon's making you a bunch of money. I could say, Weldon, it looks like you're making us a little bit of money. I think I can go ahead and give you that raise. Right. It'd be nice if you had that confidence. That's what good software should do. And that's what you're not going to get from generic off-the-shelf right. software. Software that was built for any industry. Right. You know, we specialize in all industries. So that's why we set out to build software that could give us those answers. I didn't have a lot of confidence running the company. I'm not a business person. I didn't go to Harvard. I wanted software that could give me that information so that I could make those decisions with confidence. Well, and you're making those decisions now based on business information, not on your gut feeling like, yes, I like you, I'm going to give you a raise. Uh, you've got, you know, reliable information on which to base that decision. I know you have a strong accounting background as well, and one of the things I've learned, I'm not an accountant, but I can read a balance sheet and I can read a P&L. Uh, I know that accounting information has to be relevant. It's got to tell me something that matters. It's got to be timely. It can't be from a month ago. It's got to be, you know, uh, very timely. And it's got to be uh, accurate, right? If it's not accurate, then I'm lost. So that sounds like it applies a lot to the business operating system as well. Relevant, timely, accurate information so I can make intelligent decisions and I can quantify whether a guy deserves a raise or not. Seems like it's pretty important stuff. It is. The, the first book I remember buying on accounting was called Accounting, the basis, <laughs> of the basis of Business Decisions. Yeah. That was the title. And, you know, at the time it didn't mean that much to me, but what I realized is, as I was saying before with the service technician metaphor, accounting is the basis of business decisions. So when the person says, I need a raise, I want a raise, I'm demanding a raise, you use accounting to make the decision. When you are trying to make up your mind whether or not you want to spend money on the yellow pages or put it all into Google or split it, then you look at the screen and you look at the accounting and you make a business decision. When the seminar guy says you need to charge more per hour, you look at a fully departmentalized income statement right. for the service department down to net profit. You see that you're losing money. That's your motivation to make a business decision. In this case, charge more. Right. So it is absolutely critical to have good accounting data. And if you're an owner and you're thinking, well, I'm not an accounting person, I can't do any of this, that's okay. You get yourself a controller. Get somebody who loves accounting. Right. You just have to know how to read the report. Exactly. You let that person hand you a fully departmentalized income statement down to net profit. You don't, know, you don't need to know how all that information got right. there. Hey, listen, you can see if your cost of equipment is supposed to be, uh, you know, 20% or 25%, it's 35%. You don't have to know how that information got there. You just got to know, hey, we're not charging enough. That's right. You know, so, well, that's really cool. So let me, let me talk to you about this a little bit. Uh, with respect specifically to your product, Aptora, let's talk about and show our viewers kind of how it works. Um, what are some of the most important components of it? One of the things we talked about earlier was that, you know, you have uh, a completely in-house accounting module rather than pulling in, you know, QuickBooks or something else. Let's talk about why that's important and let's just show people how the system works and how it can help them make those important business decisions. Yes, yeah, the first thing I wanna do is, I wanna reiterate that, in my opinion, it's very important to have an all-in-one business management system that includes accounting, payroll, performance-based compensation, flat rate pricing, assuming that you do those things, they're important to you. 
But it's important to have one system that does all of that because that's one database. One database where you get all of your information out of it. So as you learn what key performance indicators, key performance measures are important to you, as you learn which ones you care about, it's easy to get that information out because it's one program, one database doing everything. Right. Also, we like to say, it's nice to hate one software company, you know, <laughs> right. rather than two or three, because right. the companies that bolt on to each other, that band-aid each other, yeah. they blame each other. Right. That's not us, that's them, right. call them, no, it's them. Um, also, in all fairness, when you're a band-aid program to say QuickBooks, you don't really have any control over QuickBooks. Right. You can't influence the way they build their software, so your hands are tied. You can only do so much to get more out of that program. So I think, in my opinion, it's important to have a, a company that you can work with, an all-in-one solution that you yeah. can communicate with. I think that's really important so that people can't pass the buck. Because you're right, when you got these so-called APIs that, that connect one system and bolts onto another and another and another, and you got three or four different products all you know, working together, but who's responsible when there's a problem? Because it's so easy to pass the buck and say, well, that's a QuickBooks problem, right? Or, or you know, that, that's whatever it is. So uh, let's talk about the process. Show me a little bit about what's going on here and um, just, uh, just demo the process for us. And by the way, uh, at the end of the show, we'll put up uh, uh, James's contact information if you'd like to talk to him one-on-one -on -one or one of his teammates and, uh, and go through a personal demo. That's going to be something we make available to you guys as, all, as, uh, as well. But I want to have a conversation about just seeing how the process works. Okay. Okay. Well, the first thing that I like to point out to people is that there are two components. There is the office component, the so-called desktop software, and there is the mobile component, the app. So the app is what most of the technicians, installers, and even salespeople deal with. Right. And the desktop program is what most of the office people deal with. So the office people see this, most of the field people use the app. The first thing that people notice when they get our software is that it can look a little overwhelming. Uh, we liken it to a building that's got maybe 550 rooms. Because if you were to go through the menu system, Weldon, you would see 550 different forms. Right. So at first, people say, wow, this thing looks impossible to read. But just because you have a building with 550 rooms doesn't mean you have to walk into every room. Right. And it also doesn't mean it's complicated because if we took the time, I could show you every single room. We could walk into the room. I could roughly explain to you what this room is used for. The hardest part is trying to remember right. where all those rooms were. Right. So with our software, it's easy to get started. It's easy to learn how to order parts receive parts, get parts into the trucks. It's easy to go out and invoice people. It's easy to pay people. It's easy to invoice the customer and get the money in the bank. What takes more time is all the granularity that you can implement as you start learning the software. So we teach you the basics very quickly. And if you're a QuickBooks user, you can catch on to this software in days. Okay. Because it was patterned after QuickBooks. It looks a lot like QuickBooks. Okay. When we show people the menu system, even the shortcuts 
like to receive an item, control R, that's the exact same shortcut, that's the exact same process in QB. Gotcha. So why not just keep QB? Right. Well, what we've done is we have put in the most of the important QB features, but we've added the features that are not in QuickBooks. The first thing I like to typically show people is the department list. This is typically where it starts. You create a list of departments that are hierarchical, and we have a recommended list, but you can build your own, of course. But you want to create a good list of departments. You might have, for example, a commercial division. You might have a, a residential division. You might have demand service under residential. You might have demand service under commercial. You create a department list that's important to you. That's step one. Because the software is highly departmentalized, it is going to show you all of your departments, how much money's flowing into each department, how much money's flowing out. The bottom line for you is you can go to an income statement and print out an income statement for each of your divisions, for each of the departments, down to net profit. So let me ask you this, because obviously that's going to play into uh, the service tech out in the field. So he's got his app on his phone or whatever. He charges $500 for a residential demand repair. When he puts that in, he categorizes it as such, correct? That's right. And then that fuels and feeds the, the mothership here of information. So as long as he's entering it accurately in the right category, then it's going to show up where it's supposed to show up in, in that department. That's right. Now, the app was designed for simplicity. So the app, although it's very powerful, it's, it's arguably the most intense app in the industry because it has a lot of features for the owners and the managers as well. But the technician part of the app can be simplified easily through preferences and security permissions. It's easy to use. Technicians find it easy to use. It's easy to look things up, easy to create work orders, invoices, accept payments, etc. But as long as they're doing that, all of that information is flowing into the mothership, if you will, gotcha. and it's finding its way around into all those little pieces. Yeah. But uh, the important thing is that it's fully departmentalized, allowing managers to take responsibility for their department and their division. And you know what's more important than net profit? That's the difference. Right. You're able to create an income statement down to net profit, and the software does it automagically. So let's look at some of my favorite type of stuff. Uh, like what kind of sales reports could we generate from, from this, uh, from your platform? If I wanted to measure and just see what my revenue per lead may be or my closing rate, that type of thing. So we have, as I mentioned earlier, there are 550 forms. There are about 435 reports and then you can mm. build your own reports. So we have all the canned reports that you might expect when it comes to financials. We have income statements, cash flow, balance sheets, et cetera. When it comes to sales, this is our sales report menu here. So we have quite a few sales-related reports. We have sales by sales rep, sales by technician, sales by foreman, sales by department. We have marketing reports, things like that. And then, of course, you can build your own reports if these don't work for you. But I think what I'd like to show you is the probably I think the most exciting part of the program when it comes to management and that is 
the dashboard okay. in Excel. So we're all familiar with the EGIA dashboard that uh, I think Gary Ellix originally designed. Mm -hmm. We, I liked it. I went to Gary and said, Gary, I'd like to marry your dashboard with our dashboard. And he said, sure. So here's, here's really what I think most managers appreciate. When you go to reports, you can open up the dashboard. And what that does is it builds out the Excel file. And in this Excel file, you see your company dashboard, your marketing and sales dashboard, your residential division. So it's showing you all your key measurements. How many diagnostic only service calls did you run? How many callbacks did you have? What is your efficiency ratio? What are your return visits for callbacks, your return visits for warranty? What's your equipment sales close by service? Uh, what's your closure rate by technician? Uh, sales, direct cost, gross margin, current versus budget. So here, remember I said we're very departmentalized. Here it's looking at the residential demand service department. Mm -hmm. It's getting it from that list. And what I like about this, uh, scroll back up there, it's, it, it's, it's comparing you to your, your budget. So you know where you are in relation for your budget for the year or for the month. Yes. And it shows you the variance there. It shows if you're ahead of budget or behind budget, which is so important. You know, one of the things we talk about with contractors, and Gary Alex is an expert on this, and you are uh, as well, if I want to do $10 million next year, right, I can budget out how that $10 million would come in, what I would need to do each month, each week, each day, in each department, and then you can put that budget in here, and then you put your actual numbers in there as the year unfolds, and you're constantly comparing it to you know, what we expected. What we saw, we were, we were ahead of budget or we're below budget. That's right. And, and that helps keep you on track, right? Because if you set a plan to hit a certain revenue goal and you follow that plan every single day, eventually you're going to get to the, the big revenue goal. Yes. This helps you do that. So this, the, the, what's interesting about this is it helps you so much with your budgeting that maybe a QuickBooks or something else wouldn't because this is going to help you monitor that budget on a daily basis, on a weekly basis. Yes. Well, we all, we've heard the old saying, I don't even know where it comes from now, what gets measured gets done. Yeah. I forgot who originally. I think I did originally. Yeah, no, I think that I, was you. Actually, I think it was, it was Tom Peters, Is I want right? to say, what uh, gets in, measured in, gets search, in search of excellence. I'm not sure. That goes back a long way. It does. I mean, I heard that when I was much younger. Probably Peter Drucker. Like, actually, probably like, yeah. Peter Drucker is the father of American management, so probably Peter Drucker. Anyway. Yes. Well, I remember hearing that. Right. And the reason why I bring that up is that has a lot to do with this because I realize what, get measured, what gets measured gets done. So if I'm tracking diagnostic-only service calls, so what's that mean? That means we ran a service call, and if you went and looked at the invoice, the only thing on that invoice is a diagnostic fee. Well, what does that mean? That means, that means one of three things. Number one, there was nothing wrong with that unit. I don't believe it. Chances are that's not the case. Number two, the technician didn't know what they were doing and couldn't find anything wrong. That's possible. That doesn't make them a bad person. That just means that we have a training opportunity. Right. Or number three, and this is really common, the technician is a very nice person and thought he was doing them a favor by just flipping on the breaker, by flipping on the switch, by reconnecting the wire. And waving the diagnostic. And he said, hey, uh, I'm just going to charge you the diagnostic oh, wave fee. wave the fee. Yeah, wave the yeah and I'm going to waive the fee. Yeah. And he means well. Right. But that's another training But it cost you 300 bucks to get that truck it out It sure there. did. So we need to track that. Right, right. And if I can point that out by department, yep. what get made, what get measured gets done. Yep. If I can point that out in our service department meetings, then we can improve on that. 
But think about how many software programs don't track that. So we have to count that up. We have to keep spreadsheets. Right. This is automatic. This spreadsheet is, is created automatically. Every time you open it, it's full of new data. You aren't entering any of this manually because, again, it's one system, it's one database. Maybe the best part of this, though, is we know that our industry is very opinionated. Everybody's got their own opinion of what's right, what's wrong, what the threshold should be. Keep in mind, this is a fully editable Excel spreadsheet. That means you can go in and do whatever you want with it. You're free to screw it up. You're free to improve it. You can go in and you can insert your own line. You can add your own formula. You can make something red when it's over 10 or make it green when it's over 100 or whatever. It's a fully editable spreadsheet. It is populating itself with raw data from the accounting system. So all this raw data is flowing into the software. For example, service agreement data, work order data, uh, register data, sales opportunity management data. We have a full sales opportunity management system built in. There's all the data. Where are your leads coming from? What did you spend on those leads? Uh, what's your closure rate per lead? Who was the salesperson? So what's their closure rate? If I know all the raw data, days in the sales cycle, by marketing source, if I have all that raw data, then I can come in and plug it into the spreadsheet anywhere I want to. So that's where this information is coming from. The raw data flows into the spreadsheet, and then we built out through formulas and code and so forth, we built out everything you're seeing here. But the key is, is you can change any of this if you want to. And if you screw it up, you just go back to the original copy. That's what I was going to say. So when a guy like me gets there and screws it up, you've got like this master copy That's right. of the original data that you can just quickly rebuild it and, and unscrew it up. That's right. right? Like Control Z. That's right. <laughs> so again, the reason why this is so important is owners, unless you love accounting like I do, you don't need to know where this comes from. Right. You just need to look at it, see it, and know what it means. You have to just understand what's important to your company. So you decide in your company, is a key performance measurement going to be diagnostic-only service calls? For me, it is. That's a big deal for me. If that's the case, then make sure it's on your report, on your dashboard somewhere, and make sure that everybody can see it. Yeah. And then, as you probably know, in Excel, not only can you password protect an Excel spreadsheet, but you can password protect each worksheet. So the plumbing manager can have a password to his or her worksheet. The service department manager, installation department manager, each can have access to they just their, their worksheet if they want to. Yeah. But that's, uh, that's critical. I mean, right. I, I liken it to sports. Imagine playing a football game and they say, look, we're going to tell you the score at the end of the game. If it's tied, we'll keep going, but we'll let you know at the end of the fourth quarter who won. Nobody would go for that. Right. Nobody would go for that. But that's how we run our companies. Typically, we print an income statement a few days after the month is over and go, huh, wow, look right. what happened. Right. Well, that, again, that's what I do like about this because it shows you where, where you are on a daily basis, right, for that, for that budget should be that month. Yes, daily. So if I tell myself, okay, I'm going to do $300,000 this month, right? By the third of the month, we should have done X amount of dollars. 
uh, how close uh, how, am I on track? You know, am I where I should be in the third day? And I will tell you that, that, that some of my clients, the most successful clients, at their morning stand-ups, they review this stuff every single morning. Where are we today on June 7th in relation to the annual budget? Are we behind the eight ball? Or are we ahead of the eight ball? Yeah. And so every single day, every manager knows. And then they do it on a monthly basis as well. So when, I know I'm, if I'm ahead for the month, and that's so important uh, to make sure, like I say, you, you know, again, timely, accurate, and relevant. If I just get me a P&L at the end of the month, I know I hit my goal or I didn't. I don't know where in the month I fell down. Right? I, I might know I came up 50000 short. Right. But if I'm watching it every single day, I can know when I'm $1,000 short. What does that mean? The next morning I come in and say, hey, guys, we're $1,000 behind budget. We got to go sell an extra air cleaner, sell something to get us back on budget. If I wait to the end of the month and I'm 30 or 40 or 50,000, it's too late to go make it back up. That's right. Now I start the next month, I'm 50,000 behind the eight ball. The sooner you can recognize you're behind budget, the sooner you can fix it. And you can fix it when it's a small number rather than when it's a huge number and it becomes overwhelming. That's for sure. Yeah. All of us need, we contractors, we need data daily. We need good, accurate data daily. What data do we need? whatever data you think is important. Mm -hmm. So for some people, it might be uh, gross profit dollars per hour. Well, there it is, $112.50. So it's $112.50. That's the gross profit dollars per hour. Well, how does it know that? Well, it knows because it has timesheet data, and it also knows how many gross profit dollars were in the department. So there's a formula field doing a little bit of math, showing it to you on a daily, not a daily, hourly basis hourly. as real the time. information flows in from the mobile it's app, real time it's real time wow it's real wow. time wow that's that's amazing listen we're getting short on time uh there's two more things i want to talk about number one you had mentioned earlier about sticking with a platform before we talk about that i want to make sure is there anything anything else in particular you think we, we should see about this uh because we want again the owners out there or managers uh, to call James and, and, and set up an appointment to go through this in more detail and see specifically how it can be implemented at your company and help your company grow and keep track of what's going on. So what, what, what else do, am I not asking that I should be asking you? And then let's wrap it up with that discussion uh, about sticking with a platform, sticking with a system. Yes, yeah. So I think probably the last thing I'd say about our system is we, we haven't talked much about the mobile component of it, uh, the mobile component of it. But there's so much to say, really, if anyone's interested, they should just call and we'll do a demo for them and we'll okay. show them how everything works and see if they have an interest What's in it. What's a good number to email they should contact? Well, I think that if they want to send us an email, send it to sales at aptora.com. You can go to aptora.com and fill out a demo request. You can call 913-492-9930 okay. yep. and, uh, and we'll go from there. But uh, the last thing I want to say about the system is there are lots of business operations built into it. Because of my background in contracting, consulting, because of my relationship with EGIA, we are constantly perfecting the flow of the software, the way the software flows, the pieces of the program. As an example, the software makes it really easy for technicians to acquire parts. So when a technician is in the field and they don't have the part, there's a complete system built into the mobile component to order the part, to receive the part, to know when the part has come to the office. And there's a little note that says, your part is here. Come pick it up tomorrow before you go to your first service call. Mm. There's all kinds of those operations 
built into the software. So it's not just a bunch of features. There's a operating system built in. It's flexible though because everybody's opinionated. So you don't have to do it our way. But we do have an our way of doing things. The EGIA way is built into the system to make your life a whole lot easier if you want to follow it. Yeah. So I think that that's an important part of the software is that it does have a flow that makes a lot of sense for the contractor. Yeah, and one of the things we talked about earlier this morning, uh, you had mentioned the importance of you know, finding a simple system and then sticking with it. People are looking for the silver bullet uh, and they'll think sometimes an issue in reporting is a software problem and you were saying it's more of an HR problem. Explain what you meant by that. Yes, so, I, I, and I wrote an article called, do you have a software problem or do you have an HR problem? And the reason why I wrote the article is I ran into a contractor and he said, yeah, you're a software guy, right? We're about ready to switch again. I wish I would have known about your program. And I said, why do you want to switch? And he told me all the reasons why they're switching software. And he's like on his fourth marriage, as I call it. You know, it's like being married four times. <coughs> It's like his fourth software program. But all the problems that he described to me, they were people problems. Right. They were people and process problems. So as an example, he said, yeah, we, need to, we just need to get something simple that matches the way we do things. And I said, that's not possible. How do you do things? You don't run your business according to any known business model. Your company is very likely to be similar to the company you once worked for, mixed in with your own opinions, and added to that the opinions and methodology of people that you've been hiring over the years. Right. How are you going to find software that matches that? Right. Another problem he explained is, I can't get my technicians to fill out the paperwork. <laughs> How's the software going to force that? No. Even if the software forced you to fill out A before you could go to B, Who's to say the guy's going to fill out A yeah. correctly? Yeah. This is the same guy that doesn't want to fill out A, and you've given him software that forces him to do A. Right. What makes you think he's going to fill it out accurately? You've got people problems, not software problems. So I told him, if it's not too late, stick with your current software. Call the owner. Call someone in the company that has authority to do things. Explain your business processes. Let the software company try to explain what they had in mind when they built their program. And if there's an impasse, like for example, they don't have some key number that you need, ask them to add it. Identify critical business operations, numbers, indicators, etc. If you've identified them as critical, you should have them. Mm -hmm. But ask the software company, do you have this? Is there something we're missing? Because right. chances are you are. Ask them. If they don't have it, would you please add it? Because it's quite possible it's cheaper for them to add the feature than to lose you. Right. So I really encourage people, get marriage counseling. <laughs> if I can continue the metaphor. Yeah. I mean, don't get divorced. It's expensive. Right. It is. And every time you switch software, not only do you spend a lot of money on the new program, but here's maybe what's worse. You lose a lot of data, yeah. like that model number, that serial number and all the parts that you put into it, all the service agreements and the effort that went into the service agreements, you lose your renewal rates 
because the next company can't migrate that data very effectively. Right. Every time they migrate data, you lose a bunch of information. Yeah. So I really encourage people, even if it costs us a sale, we want to sell you software. But I'd rather you stick with your current software and get the most out of it right. if you can. Right. No, I think that's great advice. And one of the great things about dealing with your company is you're a, a big company, you have a robust platform, but they can also pick the phone up and talk to somebody who knows what's going on and add those changes and have those conversations. So. Well, look, they can talk to me, Weldon. Somebody can call me if they're angry with the software. They can call me and say, I can't believe you guys don't do this. Right. And look, there's only two answers. Yes, we do it, let me show you. Or you're right, we don't do that, we should. Right. And we'll add that. Right. So they can talk to me, they can talk to people with authority. I do a webinar, a live webinar once a month. It's two and a half hours long. It's a one hour presentation of what's new. And I take 90 minutes of questions and people are, they're free to complain. They're free to ask me anything they want. They can say this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen because the conversation improves me. Right. It improves them, it improves the software. I think accessibility is important. If you don't have access to somebody that has authority in a software company, then maybe you have the wrong software company. Right. But if they'll work with you, then stick with them. Beautiful, beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. James Leitner. James, so much, yeah. uh, thank you so much for coming thank to Colorado you. and spending a little bit of time with us. Uh, congratulations on developing a powerful tool for business owners, not just contractors, but business people that are managing and building their contracting companies. Um, it's great to have you out here and have a chance to chat with you again. If you'd like more information from James about the platform, uh, we'll have the numbers and the websites are the uh, emails up for you. And uh, feel free to give him a call and, and jump on and get the information. Again, thanks, James, so much for coming by. Thank you. James Leitner, listen, you have a great week, everybody. We will see you next week here on Cracking the Code. Until then, bye-bye for now.